Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on September 13th, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host and the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you today? Uh, good morning, good morning. Um, I want to know what Kelly is going to say considering the date today, Kelly. Oh, you took, you stole my thunder. I already oh. have a plan mm. in my mind. Jackie, good morning, happy Friday, the 13th. <laughs> so yes. funny. I, I was like, yes. oh, I'm going to say that. Yes, she, she knows uh, it too well. Uh, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I just hinted at it. I didn't say it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. You, you served it up, which I do with you. Serve it up, you know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, happy Friday, everybody. It's been a few weeks since uh, we've been live on the show. Right. Um, it's nice to be back in all of our glory. And, uh, boy, do we have <laughs> glory to talk about today. Yes. Okay. Tell us. Well, are there glorious? Some, <laughs> yes, please. There's some great announcements coming, I can tell. There are some great announcements. I'm so excited. Can you tell? It, uh, I haven't had, even had a copy yet. Um, uh, so, the nomination period for the Best of Manhattan, Best of Manhattan Beach Awards, um, has ended on Sunday, and the four finalists in each category have been identified. And um, if you will indulge me, just let, I'll read through quickly, but I would love to announce them um, on the air because this is important. And these, all we, you know, these businesses work so hard, big or small. They, everybody works hard. So to get a little recognition um, is always a lot of fun. So um, do you mind if I announce them? Not, not at all. Joe, you've got to have our applause button ready, our applause uh, tape. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you ready? And you know, this is the best. This is the top four in each of the thirteen categories. So I, I will be expeditious here. I know time and of the effort. All right. Kelly, yes, give, give me the category yes. and then take a, a two second beat. 
Okay. Woman owned business. All right. Um, in alphabetical order, always best care senior services, which is um, Lolly Ramazani. I think you, uh, you guys know Lolly. She's on the show. Yes. Blink mm-hmm. Studio, which is kind of an eyelash and skincare um, studio. Right Choice Catering, and then Tabby mm. LaRosa Essentials. All all friends. We've had almost I think all of them on the show. Um, number two, mm-hmm. ready, Joe? Shop. Ready. And- all right. Um, in alphabetical order, always Gumtree Manhattan Beach, Pages a bookstore, Right Tribe, which is that funky little store in the alley behind uh, Trina Turk in downtown, super cute. And then again, Tabula Rasa Essential. All right, number hmm. three, small and mighty. <laughs> uh, number one, Grow Produce Shop. Two, Homey. Ripe choice and the graphic element. Next is category it's home, Whoa. sweet home, which has to do with real estate, mortgage, escrow, title, profession. Um, the Altamira Group, Caskey and Caskey, Palm Realty Boutique, and the Hoban Company. All right, number five, eco-friendly. Those businesses that are super conscious of all the environmental. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, City of Manhattan Beach. Go Gently Nation. Go Gently Nation, by the way, is a store that has all organic um, clothing. Uh, Number three, Homey and Shade Hotel, Manhattan Beach. All right, next, the healthy living category. (laughs) BC 24-7, which is a, a workout place on Sepulveda. He also... Uh, it does a lot of private training. Uh, so Cedric at BC, Fit On Studios, which is just a couple of doors down from them. And then in downtown Manhattan Beach, The Well Studio and Yoga Loft. Next category, who mm. called the doctor? <laughs> Number one, Kia Sine, which she owns Pacific Acupuncture. Uh, two, Manhattan Beach Dental Solutions. Three, Manhattan Dermatology, and then four, Torrance Memorial Urgent Care on Sepulveda. Okay, number eight, mm-hmm. show me the money. Ooh, show me the money. <laughs> okay, Chase Bank, downtown Manhattan Beach. Dave Harris with Harris and Associates, Connective Federal Credit Union, and Union Bank in the Manhattan Village Shopping Center. Next. Uh, one of Jackie's favorites, Dine MB. Who are those unforgettable chefs and restaurants? <laughs> Number one, Love and Salt. Number two, MB Post. Number three, Slay Steak and Fish House, our newbie in downtown. And number four, The Strand House. Next, category number 10. I'm almost done. Affair to Remember. We have some really funny writing. <laughs> this is talking about an event. Not an actual fair. Um, the events: Manhattan Beach Hometown Fair, Manhattan Wine Auction with the Ed Foundation, Skechers Peer-to-Peer Friendship Walk, and the Sunset Beach Party in the ADP Side Deck. All right, next eleven: Making a Difference. Who? What nonprofit is out there that makes a huge difference? The Manhattan Beach Education Foundation, 
Neptunian Women's Club, Putting On Productions, which is Pops. We had them on a few, like a month ago. And then Seroptimus International mm-hmm. on the Hat mm-hmm. Beach. Next, Pay mm-hmm. It Forward, who are the companies that give Pay generous Pay It Forward. Number one, Manhattan Beach Toyota. Number two, Shade Hotel Manhattan Beach. Number three, Skechers. Number four, the Zisless Group. Okay, the last category for public vote is Best of Manhattan Beach, overall Best of Manhattan Beach. Number one, BC 24-7. Number two, Manhattan Manhattan Beach Dental Solutions. Number three, Skechers. And number four, Zisless Group. So all of these are open for a public vote now. The voting period ends on September 26th. All of those candidates, that finalists that I read off, are all Manhattan Beach businesses. They must be in Manhattan Beach proper. Anybody can vote. We ask that you vote once from whatever email or IP address. Multiple votes from the same email or IP address will be disqualified. Um, but anybody can vote. You can vote. If you're in Iowa, you can vote. If your grandma is in New York, she can vote. If you're like one of our guests and you have family in Ireland, they can vote. Um, anybody can vote through September 26th, and then the winner in each category will be announced at the big Best of Manhattan Awards Ceremony on October 17th, 5.30 to 9 p.m. at the West Strip. Anybody can attend that. Obviously, our finalists and all of our sponsors and what have you will be there. But we really want friends and the community to come out and support. It's not just about, you know, um, everybody who's nominated. It's really about the business community and, and beyond and having a lot of fun. So those tickets are for sale. The voting can be found. All of that can be found on our website, manhattanbeachchamber.com forward slash B-O-M, as in Best of Manhattan, B-O-M. All right? So, and then one more. Excellent. And this one's not up for a public vote. Um, This is decided upon by the committee, which is 17 people strong. Um, Our Bob Maestro Local Legend Award, we all know Bob Maestro had a massive impact, um, not just on the South Bay, but really, um, honestly, the world with what he did with, you know, the technology with West Suits and the ocean and everything else. Our Bob Maestro Local Legend Award recipient this year will be Johnny Curry. Uh, he has next step, you know, fitness. He uh, suffers from paralysis mm. after jumping into the ocean, you know, after a volleyball game and became paralyzed and through his journey of recovery discovered that um, therapy uh, for this type of injury across the country is very difficult and or very expensive. So he started a company years ago and which has expanded from local roots here in the South Bay to um, I think seven or eight locations across the country helping people um, uh, try to recover or you know, gain some mobility back after any type of paralysis. So really an amazing story, an amazing man and uh, family and story. So he will be our Bob Maestro local legend and recipient, and we're very pleased and happy about that. Um, it's going to be a great, great evening. So uh, mark it on your calendar, October 17th. Jan Curry, mm-hmm. next step. Uh, yeah, great organization. I'm a big supporter of theirs. Uh, as a matter of fact, they they have a big event in Manhattan Beach every year. They do their poker tournament, which I attend every year. And uh, just mm-hmm. to give myself a pat on the back, mm-hmm. I made the final table. I made the final table last year. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> 
I remember you mentioning that. <laughs> um, yeah, you were, you were very, you were like warming up big time for that. I do remember that, Jackie. Um, anyways, yeah. we're super excited. It's going to be a you know beautiful night. Um, a lot, there's a lot of new names. There's a lot of regular names, you know, that are finalists, and uh, that's the glory of it is you know getting that diversity across the board with different size of businesses and and people, and um, you know we're excited. It's just a wonderful way um, to recognize. Um, you know, then they're not the only ones that go way above and beyond. There's so many people to do, but somebody has to win, so we have to narrow it down. So there it's you always go. a fun evening. It's always a fun evening. Yep. Fun evening. Yes, 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 it is. Um, and there's, uh, the yeah. other, other thing coming up this weekend is the Neptunian Women's Club uh, fundraiser at the Point, their wine and food little festival. It's a big fundraiser mm-hmm. for their scholarship programs. Um, if you're not doing anything tomorrow, wander over to the Point in El Segundo, right there on the corner of Rosecrans and Sepulta. Um, buy a ticket. I don't have that information right in front of me, but I think it's you know a, a very affordable. You can taste some wine, have some good food, and help raise some money for um, scholarships and for children in Manhattan Beach. Um, so there you go. That's it. And I know I told you I have to jump off early. I'm headed um, to the airport uh, to go help my 85-year-old mm-hmm. father move across the country. Yes. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I'm not moving. Where's he, he moving is, to? Georgia, where he is from. Where's he He's moving? moving back to his, you know, the, the last chapter is going to be written in Georgia where he's from and all his family extended, you know, my extended mm-hmm. family is and everything. So I'm the second yeah, leg yeah. of uh, the purge and throw out and condense. Um, my son was up there last okay. weekend. I get to go this weekend. And then my brother, bless his heart, is, drive, is coming, flying out and driving back with my father in a couple of weeks. So wow. I, okay. Wow. I need to hop off That's the phone job. and get to the and get to mm-hmm. the airport. Um, but I do want to say okay. your guests today are amazing. Three gentlemen that are incredibly brilliant and bright and caring. Um, they put the F in insurance. If insurance had an F, it would be fun and be them. Um, they're a lot of fun. They're they're very maybe they put the I in insurance. Interesting and intelligent. Um, oh my. They. Uh, I've worked with them in several different capacities. Um, they go to great lengths to make sure your business is covered properly. They ask questions. They come out. They meet with you so much more than a lot of other insurance agents do not do. You know, they give you the form, which is mind-boggling. It makes your head spin. And um, these guys go to great lengths um, to learn about your business and cover you properly. So um, it is my pleasure, uh, and I have no problem getting off the phone because I know everybody's in good hands. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, have a have a Thanks, great trip, Kelly. Kelly. Have a great trip. And enjoy right. your time with Thanks, your family. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right. All right. Have a good show. Bye-bye. All right. All right. So that was interesting. Uh, the best of Manhattan coming up. So, Jackie, without further ado, who are our guests today? Okay. Our guests this morning are Adam Beach, Michael Burlight, and Mark Keneally from Beach Financial Group. Now, Adam Beach is president of Beach Financial Group, which is a boutique insurance and financial planning company started by Adam almost 12 years ago. He is originally from the U.K. and lives in Manhattan Beach. Although not very good, he does play golf. Now, Michael Burlight is a 
property and casualty insurance broker with Beach Financial. Michael is a highly respected and a huge source of reliable information within the insurance industry and a specialist in property, earthquake insurance, and all things auto. Michael lives in Long Beach and is a huge fan of seeing live bands around the South Bay. Mark Keneally is a commercial and life insurance broker with Beach Financial. Mark brings a wealth of hands-on business experience, especially within the entertainment industry, to his clients. Mark lives in Manhattan Beach and is originally from Galway, Ireland. He has just returned from a family reunion in Galway where 29 Keneally's got together. They even found time for a Guinness or two. Now, Joe, you're going to love this. Um, This morning we'll be discussing cyber invasion insurance, which up until now I have never heard of earthquake insurance, Mm -hmm. and terrorism coverage for both business and home, all three of which are typically overlooked or completely dismissed. So we're going to get right to it. Adam, Michael, Mark, welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. And and this is such a fascinating uh, uh, area because we're going to talk about some things that people don't normally talk about. That's what I, I uh, assumed from the write-up, Jackie, is we're going to talk about some things that some people might even not be aware that are offered, like cyber invasion insurance. Everyone knows earthquake insurance is available, but there are some nuances. And then terrorism coverage for business and home. We hope to talk about all of these things and more but let's start with you, Adam, because uh, tell us about what Beach Financial Group is uh, in terms of its mission. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having us on the show this morning. So um, the idea really mm-hmm. is a, a full-service uh, boutique agency um, that covers all lines of insurance. So we work with uh, individuals, covering them on their individual health, life insurance, any of their individual exposures. Um, right the way through to kind of large corporations on their business needs, um, group benefits, kind of a one-stop shop um, for all their insurance mm-hmm. and financial mm-hmm. planning needs. As as Kelly says, you put the F in insurance. Fun. We certainly try. <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> yeah, I guess. And that's well, the thing. You kind of have to. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of have to put the There should be an F in insurance because uh, we've had we, – we've, we've – discussed on this show before uh, insurance needs. And it, you know something? People don't like to think about insurance. People don't want to think about insurance. Mm-hmm. They, they certainly don't want to be thinking about life insurance, you know, which, you know, Joe and mm-hmm. I, we know how important it is, but a lot of people just like to stick their head in the sand, you know, when it comes yeah, to no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not the, yeah, it's it's not the most stimulating sometimes. So. Yeah, yeah, and you, you yeah. mentioned that you want to be a Stop shop. There are also a lot of insurance companies out there that don't cover everything. You know, they might do home, auto, life, but like we've, as we've seen on TV commercials, uh, you know, there are places that just specifically do motorcycle insurance. You know, a lot of insurance companies yeah. don't in- cover like you know uh, boats, you know, stuff like that. So it's interesting, and 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 you have yeah. all these as a, as additional things that you insure, which I just said I, I didn't even know they existed. Yeah, no, well, thank, thank you for having us, and, um, yeah, no, we really appreciate it, and, uh, yeah, thank you so much. So uh, now I'd like to switch to Michael. Uh, briefly, Michael, um, I understand that you're a property and casualty insurance broker with uh, Beach Financial. 
that is correct. So uh, I I I was intimately involved in a in a in a way I was with uh, a company that provided. Uh, e-insurance, that is, uh, they before the company called e-insurance, uh, in 2011, in September of 2011, or uh, 2001, I was, I was involved with uh, a company that sold insurance over the web, and uh, most people don't know when 9-11 happened, one quarter of the property and casualty loss in 2001 occurred on a single day and of course that severely changed my my company's business and they ended up uh, reorganizing and I found another job and lots of things happened tell us a little bit about property and casualty in the main and how small businesses typically don't understand it certainly be glad to uh be glad to discuss it. First of all, thank you very much for having us. I appreciate it. So mm-hmm. to begin mm-hmm. with, I think that um, one of the things that we fall into a trap uh, that we do when we discuss insurance as agents or brokers is we tend to talk as if we're talking to people who are as versed on the subject as we are. So I always tell mm-hmm. my clients that I'm not an insurance broker and I'm not an insurance agent. I'm an insurance interpreter. And by that, I mean I try to take this language that's called insurance and I try to make it understandable to people who are reasonably intelligent and do all these fabulous things except for insurance. So my Mm -hmm. attempt is to just have people understand this is what you have. These are the elements that are good about it. These are the exposures that you potentially have. And we have a couple of solutions that might be able to cover those exposures But at the end of the day, it's up to the individual or the business to decide if they're comfortable covering those disposures because obviously there's premium, which is cost involved, or that they're perfectly okay with what they have. So when we talk about property and casualty, the property side uh, are the tangible things. So it would be the autos that you own or your house or your business or your business autos or things along those lines. The casualty side Mm. is the liability that's the things that, um, uh, that maybe the business or an individual would be found negligent for causing bodily injury or uh, uh, property damage to others. So that's the two different elements that uh, I primarily work with to try to cover. And then quite honestly, for many people who are small businesses or even medium-sized businesses, I'm always amazed at the entrepreneurial spirit in this country and the kinds of businesses that people are creative and they come up with. And there's some really Mm -hmm. great people out there that work hard, people who are doing very well, but they can't possibly know everything. So they rely on people like ourselves and Beach Financial Group and other uh, companies out there to be able to let them know, Mm -hmm. based on what they're doing, here are the exposures that they have on their day-to-day basis. Here are the exposures that they potentially have for an unforeseen natural disaster and those kinds of things. So it's really a matter of sitting down, taking the time for somebody, making it so it's understandable to them. I don't throw out a lot of uh, three-letter acronyms and try to stay away from the classic (laughs) insurance terms that we use when we're talking to the insurance companies or our account executives. Try to make it so that it's understandable, it's in layman's terms, 
uh, and that you know mm-hmm. they feel comfortable with what it is being presented to them so they can ultimately feel better about either going with the insurance that we recommend or at least understanding if you don't do what we recommend, here's where you have potential issues down the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, Mark, um, to bring you into the conversation as well, uh, I don't need a lot of 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 I guess I don't need a lot of of experience. I've had a lot of experience with various kinds of insurance. I don't need a lot of experience to know that insurance companies, Mark, want to sell you a policy that makes them money. So that means as a class, you're joining a class that we would hope the losses are less than the premiums. Is that is that about how Insurance companies yeah, you're, make money, you're, Mark? You're absolutely right. And as, as Jackie was saying, the insurance world, I, I liken it a little bit like going to the airport. People don't act rationally when they go to the airport, like Kelly in about <laughs> 10 minutes when she gets to LA. She will not act rationally. People, where's the passport? Where's the kids? Where do I go? And stuff like that. And Michael, my wonderful colleague there, was always terribly eloquent at this. By the way, uh, Kelly was right. The Beach Financial Group, the three of us, we're like the Bee Gees. You know the three of us like the Bee Gees? Uh, Adam is Barry. You know, he writes stuff. Um, Michael, who you've just spoken to, you know, he's a great singer. And I'm like Morris. I'm the guy with the hat. What does Mark do? So that's the three of us. We're really the beach financial, like the, the BDs of the, the insurance world. But back to your great okay. question. Um, one reason why I got into insurance, because insurance is all about the transfer of risk. You're transferring the risk to somebody else. Mm. And it all started back in 1666, the for, Great Fire of London. And then insurance kicked in in 1708, and it's ever, it's ever from there. What Michael has always trained me, and we've worked together years now, is basically don't use big terms. Like I was meeting this week with a bunch of 25 lawyers downtown, and I, I said, out of you 23 wonderful, very experienced, $900 an hour lawyers, how many, how many of you have cyber insurance? Three put their hands up. Now, these are incredibly intelligent people. So the policy question is a very good one. Uh, even they have to be educated. But what I like about the transfer of risk is the great thing about the insurance world, it doesn't need to be done with the Beach Financial Group, is it just gives you peace of mind, Joe. Mm, right, ah. right. You've, you've made rational decisions about your levels of risk and applied rational levels of premium to to mitigate the risk but of course life is risk right mm-hmm. yep you can't it, eliminate it is, it all is big time. And, and whether it's your whether it's your home and as as earthquake insurance is one of the things we're going to talk about it's such a it's such uh-huh. a confused area uh, i'll pass back to michael uh, michael you know it, it's such a confused area of, la- of of last week how can people get peace of mind on the earthquake insurance yeah, so so last week uh, we were fortunate enough to uh, actually have a little lunch and learn with the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce, and uh, the topic of earthquake came up. And so I started out by asking uh, the business owners in the room how many people there had uh, insurance that covers them for hurricanes. And they all looked at me and said, no, I don't cover hurricanes. And then I said, well, how many cover for tornadoes? And they all said no. I said, why not? And somebody in the room said, well, we don't have those here. And so I said, well, then mm-hmm. by that logic, everyone in this room has earthquake insurance. Is that correct? And nobody had earthquake insurance. Oh, boy. So <laughs> uh, logic, when you're yeah. looking at 
Yeah, it was a little zinger. It was kind of fun to do. And by the way, that did generate a lot of uh, words that start with F in the insurance industry. So that was kind of a little segue into that. That was fun. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where the, in the state of California, by law, if an insurance company offers you a property policy covering your house, your condo, a renter's policy, a commercial policy, be you a tenant mm-hmm. or the owner of the building. By law, they must offer you earthquake insurance. They have to. But insurance companies have very little subtle ways of telling you when they're not interested in earthquake, uh, about writing earthquake on your property because you'll see a premium of $12,000, $14,000, $7,000 when you can get it from other companies for you know, $2,500, $3,000, So it's required by law, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the re- it's always been required by law. Uh, because of the Northridge quake, several insurance companies uh, in the area uh, were teetered on uh, incredible financial difficulties. It was, it was actually rumored that there were a couple of them that were in serious financial peril because of the amount of money that they had to pay out for the Northridge quake. And so that's when mm-hmm. uh, they got together, uh, insurance companies and Sacramento got together and worked on a few things. That's where the creation of the California Earthquake Authority came into play. That's where the availability of California Earthquake Authority earthquake policies for residents came into play. And it's, uh, it's one of these things where, you know, I, I've had all kinds of discussions with people and, and there are some people that, you know, they're not an, they are not an inexpensive premium. There are many people that look at it and, and, and decide, well, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, roll the dice. It's hard to tell when the next earthquake's going to come that's going to be seriously damaging. And, uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. one of these things where, uh, when we have a couple of earthquake events like we did over the 4th of July weekend, we'll get a bunch of calls. And then when it gets quiet, people don't necessarily want to talk about it. So it's, it's always out there. I think it's in the back of people's minds. And, uh, you know, it, it, it takes a while to actually put together a good earthquake policy and to make the decisions as the consumer as to whether or not that's something that you're ultimately going to be interested in binding. Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. I rem- I, re- I remember the Fourth of July. I remember that morning. Boy, oh boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That came out of nowhere. It was like, okay, we haven't had one of these in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt it nice and uh, nice and sharp down here in Long Beach. So it, <laughs> it was it was pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mm-hmm. I, get, mm-hmm. I got nauseous. I got nauseous. It was one of those rolling ones at my house and. Uh, um, I was I was I was a little sick. <laughs> I'm sensitive that way. <laughs> well, you know, mm-hmm. actually, when, mm-hmm. a lot of times when people see an earthquake uh, premium, they feel the same way. So they have this effect <laughs> of going back and forth, whether it's the movement or the or the movement of your pen signing the check. <laughs> it can cause the same uh, thing. Mm-hmm. The same queasy feeling. Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah. Th- is there is there something about earthquake insurance that we haven't discussed? Many people obviously have thought about it, heard about it uh, in passing fancy, but obviously 
the vast majority of people are not covered. Is that correct or or not? Is our most Joe, if I, covered if, or Joe, not? Joe, if I could jump in there, there was two or three questions, and Michael uh, probably is, is probably right to answer this. But the question was, if I own a store, if I own a store in Manhattan Beach, and there's an earthquake, and I've got uh, uh, two hundred thousand dollars worth of items in the store, what happens? Am I covered under the earthquake insurance? And three people asked that question. Over to you, Michael. Yeah, so uh, when it so specifically with earthquakes, so to answer Mark's question in Joe's greater question, so are there things that we haven't uh, that haven't talked about when it comes to earthquake? Yeah, there's a whole lot of things actually that haven't been discussed. So I'll just try and be super brief about it. First thing that you have to understand about earthquake is that it is not a peril that is covered on a typical property policy. Earthquake and flood usually are not covered. There's two ways to get earthquake onto your policy. Either the insurance company that you're with can endorse earthquake as an endorsement onto the policy, or you can find a standalone company that sells earthquake policies like the CEA, uh, like other companies out there, a company called GeoVera, ICAT, Palomar, companies like that will actually write standalone insurance companies. They're, uh, I'm sorry, standalone earthquake policies. They're earthquake specialists. So earthquake policies mm-hmm. are going to consist of a couple of things. The first issue with earthquake policies is they have an extraordinarily high deductible typically. Your usual earthquake policy that's on a residence has a 15% deductible. Hey, that's great. If it's 15% of what exactly? Well, the 15% mm. is based off of the rebuilding cost of your home. So if your agent determines using Uh, using programs available to us from the insurance companies. These are independent uh, third-party software programs that help us determine what the rebuilding cost is. If your house burns down, what's it going to cost to build it back to the way it was? It's 15% of that. So you have your typical house in Manhattan Beach. It's going to – and by the way, replacement cost covers uh, labor, uh, materials, permitting, and debris removal. Okay? And it's based on zip codes. So your average house in Manhattan Beach is probably well over a half a million dollars in rebuilding cost. It's an expensive area. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the drywall mm-hmm. there costs more than drywall does down in Long Beach. I haven't priced that out, by the way, but I'm just going to think that it does. So by the time mm-hmm. you get through all of these things, it can be rather expensive. So an earthquake policy would then be if you have a half a million dollars replacement cost, your deductible on the earthquake is 15% of that half a million dollars. And I always like to throw Adam on the spot. What's that number there, Adam? It's 15% of a half a million? It's a very large number. Yeah. 75 grand, right? Yeah, 70, right. So that's your deductible. So here's yeah. what it's designed to do. They don't want you to actually file a claim for small things like cracked stucco, a wall in my garden fell down, things along those lines. These are true catastrophic policies. They're really designed to get your house rebuilt. They're not really designed to make you whole. It's designed to actually get a roof over your head. There's a very good chance that in a serious earthquake damage to your home, you may get the structure, but you may not have a whole lot of personal property that's been replaced. So Mm -hmm. it's designed to get you out of the cold and get a roof over your head and get your house built and give you the chance to start over again. Right, right, absolutely. Great, good. So we have 
two other categories that we'd love to talk about because these are these are huge, and uh, we'll leave we'll leave terrorism to and and cyber invasion um, to uh, after the break. I just want to take a quick uh, station break, gentlemen, and uh, we'll we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the South Bay Show, and uh, we do this every week uh, Thursdays. At 8 a.m., we have a South Bay Spotlight where we cover um, companies and uh, businesses and events uh, throughout the South Bay. Last week, we were thrilled to cover uh, the uh, National Horse Show, the Portuguese Bend National Horse Show at Ernie Howlett uh, Park in, in RPV. That was just uh, an amazing uh, event. And on Fridays at 8 a.m. we cover Manhattan Beach with Manhattan Beach uh, Chamber 360, sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber. We're very proud of that. And uh, we cover uh, business climate, uh, government action in Manhattan Beach specifically. Uh, But, of course, uh, what happens in Manhattan Beach often affects the entire South Bay. And uh, so we're thrilled to bring these shows to you. Please do share them with your neighbors and friends. You can share these shows with anyone you can reach by email. Please do so. Just share them with your friends and neighbors, uh, no matter where they uh, live currently. Okay. Now, Adam, who's going to take cyber invasion insurance? Yeah, that's probably going to be another one directed for Michael, actually. So Michael heads up the uh, the commercial side and the, the property and casualty side, Joe. So he's probably best uh, best to answer that question as well, if that's okay, okay. Michael. Okay. Well, Michael. it's going to be a quiet show if I say no, it's not okay. So that would be uh, – <laughs> I think that's kind of putting me on the spot. So I, so I have to confess, the term cyber invasion is an interesting term – that uh, it's an interesting way to put the issue of cybersecurity and cyber coverage in general. So I'll do my best to actually try to address that particular thing. There's obviously, if you've been paying attention at all over the last 10 years in the United States, we know that there's major issues with cybersecurity on a national scale. You've got everything from the Pentagon to some of the largest companies in America, Target, uh, other uh, giant retailers, health insurance providers, small mom-and-pop stores that are absolutely being inundated with attempts to actually break into their systems and cause bad things to happen. Uh, I was reading just a couple weeks ago, I think that there's a couple of towns in Texas and Florida that have paid out ransom because Mm -hmm. bad actors have hacked in and said, if you don't pay us X amount of uh, money, we're going to crash your systems, and they've had no choice but to pay out incredible large sums. So the insurance companies are well aware of these issues that are going on. And if you, have, if you use a computer at all at, at your job, which I dare say is probably just about everybody, if you use a computer at all, and you do any transactions whatsoever with the public, you probably are storing records of some way, shape, or form in your system. Those are the things that are in danger from bad actors trying to get into the system. And those are the things that, by law, you must protect or 
if there's a, there's a serious breach, you must then make right to all of those people who were potentially exposed to this bad actor. And it gets mm-hmm. very expensive in a very short period of time. Wow. Um, that, that's, that's not a very uh, hopeful look. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Because... Uh... Go on. No, sorry, Joe. Go right ahead. Well, no, that's it. The, 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 my only point is that uh, as a software engineer and a, and a web developer, uh, long career, 30 years in the industry of IT, um, there was a long period of time before small businesses had websites. And so there was a long period of time when you could point to websites as being extremely valuable for small businesses. But, of course, not many of them had them. So there was a huge rush, a decades-long, decade-and-a-half-long rush to get small businesses to get websites. And now everybody wants an app, right? Everybody wants to be uh, have a loyalty program of some kind connected to an app in, in people's phones and Instagram and all of that. Inundated, small businesses are inundated by that that whole category of concern. How do I market my business? And now you're telling me I have to protect myself from, from people, uh, 400 pound guys in Russia on, on their bed, hacking into my systems. What, what, what do I, what do I do? Well, first of all, you need to erase the image of the 400 pound guy in Russia hacking into the system. Uh, I think as you right. walk down the street, there's possibility that anybody you eyeball could be the perfect cyber criminal. Uh, it doesn't take uh, it doesn't take someone who spends their whole life in the basement, and uh, it doesn't take somebody who uh, uh, you know is uh, is necessarily incredibly well trained. Although I have to tell you, I don't think that there's I, I would have zero idea how to go about hacking into someone's computers, but. You know, this is the society that we're in. We've got a lot of people who are very comfortable in cyberspace. Personally, I don't think it's any different than the way it's always been. And what do I mean by that? So what happened 50 years ago? You opened up a store, people came in, and they shopped. Okay? At night, you locked the door. When it was apparent that it's possible that people could pick the lock, you then had to get an alarm system. When it was apparent that people could defeat the alarm system – You had to find other means to protect the goods that you had inside your building. You put up bars on the window. You have the sliding gates that come in. You have the monitored alarm systems that actually call the police for you. It's a whole host of things that we did back before the good old Wild West days of shopping on the Internet. Shopping on the Internet Mm -hmm. is just another doorway. It's just another way that people can actually buy your goods. So it shouldn't surprise anybody that that, too, is a door that needs to be locked securely, have monitors on it, have the ability to make sure that when the lights are turned out, which, of course, doesn't happen in cyberspace, but when, the, when you're not paying attention, um, that there's somebody there watching it. And so you have all of these other software companies that are really good at making sure that your systems are protected. We, as an agency, use a very robust system to make sure that all the records that we have are protected. There are companies that stake their reputation on that. Cost a lot of money to have these systems on an annual basis. So people are aware of it and they're paying it. But the question is this, just like having locks on your doors, if motivated properly, someone's gonna get inside. 
And then the question is, how do you want to have, how do you want to transfer that risk? As my good friend, Mark Keneally says, do you want to have it a hundred percent? Do you want to transfer mm. 10% to an insurance company, 50% to an insurance company, 90% to an insurance company? Those are the decisions that you have to make. What, I, what most right. of the public doesn't realize is that the cost for even a small amount of records on hand, say 10, 15 records, can easily run into the high five figures in a hurry if there's a breach and it causes se- potential serious exposure to the people whose records that you are in charge of keeping safely. So it can get really high in a lightning hurry. I don't know how many records we have at Beach Financial Group. I know it's in the thousands. Uh, If you're a small company and you just have, you know, three or four dozen, you're still hugely financially exposed. And that's the problem with it. If you, when you finally do what you're supposed to do for these exposed records, in many cases you have companies that, are, that can no longer afford to be in business because the sheer amount of money that they had to pay to make everybody whole ruins the company financially. Right. And that's the kind of thing you want to protect for. Joe, could I add something? Because well, I think if people are listening to this, maybe they'd like to know what, what the actual cost. Could, it, could I please add that? Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, by the way, just, just to clarify, cyber extortion, what there is is the ransom of data. Uh, and unfortunately, it is on the increase. Uh, and and uh, Michael is right. It's guys throughout the world who are just very, very clever with, with, with their computer. Um, there was an incredible article in Investment News, in Investment News recently, about if there is a data breach, the average cost for a company, a small company, is a million dollars to put right. A million dollars to put right. It is a scary figure. The actual cost to cover a million dollar is about fifty. Is about five thousand dollars. A five thousand policy would cover about a million, roughly. It just in rough terms, just add some weight to it. Yeah. Um, and what we've found out, uh, Joe and Jackie, is whether you go with which financial group or not, it just gives peace of mind. Both if you're if you are basically the the uh, the first party coverage you on the company or third party if you're dealing with with customers. So to look into cybersecurity, it's not going to go away. It's going to continue to increase. Right. You know, right. Joe. Um, you know, you know our friend Michelle Lehman Brown, uh, broker with the Keller Williams. We've had her on the show several times. Broker of the year, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I saw her recently. They just moved their offices, and I was at their open house, and um, she was telling me that uh, they their website was down for the time being. They were working on a new one because I think she said three or four times people have attempted to hack their files. Um, you right. know, a, a broker. You know, you know. All think of all of the information they have. You know, with the people they work with, their clients, um, and and so fortunately, they had a, a system in place that stopped the hacks. But they saw how how bad it was, and so they need they knew they needed to beef it up. So you know, it's it's happening right here in our backyard. I mean, we hear about it. Somebody mentioned, you know, if you paid attention on the news last 10 years, almost every week you hear on the news that um, some small city, uh, somebody hacked into their system and and they're paying ransoms. They're paying ransoms to get their Mm -hmm. their files back. It's, 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 It's very scary. It's very scary. Right, right. And that's what we wanted to do this morning. We wanted to scare you. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, it's funny. I was telling. I was. I. I said to somebody. I think did I tell you yesterday, Joe, or somebody else? I was talking to. Um, mm. I have a website. You know that. That's what I do. All right. Um, and and mm. I'm like, you know, if somebody wants to hack into my website, be my guest, man. I don't. I don't need to do this. You know. <laughs> It's my, it's my, 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 it's my exit door. You know, I, it, it's, uh, you know, I can, I can continue doing this, you know, for as long as I want. But if somebody wants to take it over, be my guest. It'll be a lot, work, <laughs> lot, lot less work for me. Right. Just saying. Well, it's, it's, it's an area, uh, gentlemen, that that people really uh, don't have a conversation about uh, in the normal course of business that you're trying to satisfy customers and get product out the door and make make a profit and uh you know the last thing you want to think about is terrorism that's true is there such a thing as terrorism coverage there is actually so uh the Prior to 9-11 and then more focused into prominence during the Boston Marathon bombing, the prior to 9-11, it wasn't really considered uh, a peril that we had to worry about. Um, in fact, I believe that for the buildings that were damaged in New York, that, those were, that there were actually suits against whether or not they should be paid. You know, one of the things... Just a little segue going back. I mean, if you ever look at your insurance policy, you're going to see there's a lot of exclusions of coverage in a mm. typical policy. Let's take a normal homeowner's policy. Regular homeowner's policy is not covered for nuclear explosion, either intentional act of war or accidental. Now, if that happens, of course, uh -huh. I think you're probably worried about more things than just the fact whether your home's covered. But the point is... There are all kinds of things that are excluded from a policy. Terrorism was not specifically excluded from the policy. And I think that there was a lot of right. different issues that cropped up after those two events saying, who's going to pay for this? Because, you know, we shouldn't have to do it. So, I mean, the insurance companies were looking at it saying, you know, this is not peril that we talked about. This was man-made. This was intent an intentional act. We don't cover for acts of war. The government said, well, wait a second. We just can't leave people on the hook like this. So the compromise was that terrorism as a peril can be endorsed onto policies now. It's typically a relatively small amount of the overall premium, and there are mm -hmm. specific forms that most people, especially on the commercial side, that you have to check, yes, I opt into terrorism, to TRIA, Terrorism Risk Insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, I either opt into it for additional premium, or, no, I opt out of being covered for, terrorist, for terrorism uh, and therefore do not need to pay the additional premium. So these are one of the right. things that with your broker, you sit down, and when they construct the policy for you, in some cases, TRIA is already included. That's going to depend on the insurance company. So we've, we, work, we work with some companies where terrorism is included in the price, and it's usually, a, you know, it's usually nothing. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, on a $3,000 premium, it might be, you know, it's less than $100. So it's just sort of included in there. In other cases, it's specifically not included until you include it. And those are the things that a good cool. agent or broker sits down and explains to you and says, here's what you, uh, you know, here's what we have. And here's, here's 
what you are covered for, and if you are concerned about this particular peril, here's what it will cost to get it covered. You know, I can, I can, I get that if you live in an apartment building across the street from the Freedom Tower, or you live down the block from the Pentagon. You know, what, these, you know, these targets. You know, obvious targets. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, say, okay, so I live in the suburbs, right? I don't live near any major commercial center or airport or port. You know, anything that would be an obvious target for a terrorist. But if something did happen, if some terrorist decided you know, to, 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 you know, bomb my little hamlet where I live, then I would be, if I had that terrorism insurance, if, if uh, a plane rotor came through my roof, you know, if they mm-hmm. decided to use the airplanes again, then my home would be, if I had the terrorism coverage, it would cover that, right? Yeah, correct. And you have to remember too, it also has to be a declared terrorist event. Okay. The United States government has to say this thing that happened is a terrorist event. So this can be delayed too. Don't forget, this is not necessarily obvious. 9-11 was obvious. Some of these things aren't so obvious at at first. You just have somebody who's, you know, one of these sad people that has access to weapons and just, you know, ends up shooting up someplace. Or was this a planned event that they ultimately find out that this was a group of people that were financed by bad actors who are out to do serious harm to us because we're Americans kind of thing. Or some guy in the neighborhood who just, you know, something misconnected and uh, he, you know, he got a hold of things that he shouldn't have gotten a hold of and he shot up a bunch of people. There's two, those are two mm-hmm. different things. So for an actual fraction, for the terrorism, for the, for the property not to be covered... It has to be a declared evidence, a terrorist event, and you don't have TRIA or terrorism covered as a peril. Otherwise, it typically is covered. That, that's very interesting because you hear – you're right. When, when different events occur, it, as you said, it happens after the fact whether or not it's deemed a terrorist act. That, that's Correct. really interesting, and only because you know it's funny because uh, on the news this past week or so, they've been t- uh, the city of San Francisco declared the NRA a terrorist group or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. And and if mm-hmm. and if just let's just say you know we know they're not, but let's just just say for some reason something the NRA did or one of their members did, um, and then it, it then it would be considered a terrorist act, and then the insurance companies would have to pay for it. So. That's really interesting because there is an insurance lobby, and I'm sure that they are, they, you know, they are active, you know, with the government in what gets declared a terrorist. Well, I'm not so sure. Yeah. In that case, Jackie, I'm not so sure that the city of San Francisco has the power to declare or not declare a terrorist event. I think it's uh, the federal government. And so I don't think that they could sit there and say, we deem this a terrorist event. I don't think it kind of works that way. It's more on the federal level, but the concept is the same. These are events that ultimately have to be determined to actually have been terrorist-related or terrorist in nature and not, again, not some random lone wolf person that just, you know, there's too many of these people that just seem to snap and, and, and you know, a lot of things are, uh, you know, a lot of people are seriously hurt or, or killed. And, and, but those are not necessarily terrorist acts. So, yeah, it's, 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 one of those, it's one of those kinds of coverages. 
Look, I will tell you that, again, this always comes back in my, in my mind when it comes to things like cyber and earthquake and, ter and terrorist, uh, uh, terrorism coverage. It comes back to the agent doing their job correctly. Uh, it, you know, I'd like to think that we do a really good job at Beach Financial Group, and I think that we do because this is what I do, and I work for Beach Financial Group, and I like to think that I'm decent at what I do. However, there are a lot of really good agents out there. So the public can help us be better by saying, hey, I heard about this kind of coverage. Tell me more about it. Some of these coverages are kind of a pain from an agent perspective. I will tell you, cyber is a difficult thing to write, and it's difficult because there's a, the, the applications for cyber, for instance, are highly technical. Now, we can't necessarily write them. There are things that we can do in the application, but ultimately, you probably need to get the application in front of the insured who then sticks it in front of his IT guy and says, I have no idea what any of this stuff means. Can you fill in these blanks here for me? Because they're asking for all kinds of technical and, 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 and specifications that you know, your typical CEO probably doesn't know. He probably has to go to the head of IT. So these are difficult things for people to write. They're not quick. They're not easy. And so I think sometimes as agents, eh, it's going to be kind of tough. So we're not necessarily at times pushing it, but we need to because it's the right thing to do to, for our clients and it's the right thing to at least put it out there. Our insurance partners, many of these companies are now emphasizing these kinds of coverages to us as agents and brokers, and it's our duty to keep passing that along. You get more things like articles about it on the Internet. You see television commercials about it every now and then, things on the radio. So, you know, it, it just needs to be more conversational. And the best place to start is talking to an agent and at least saying, hey, you know, I've been thinking about earthquake or I'm a little concerned about this cyber stuff. It seems to be happening everywhere. What's my exposure? What do I need to do? That kind of thing. As a colleague of mine once said, you know, quotes are free. They don't cost anything. Just a little bit of your time. Um, and nothing happens until you decide to say, yes, I'd like to turn that quote into a policy. It doesn't cost you a thing up till that point. So it, it, it pays to ask and it pays to, uh, it pays to uh, find an agent that's willing to listen to what you have to say. It, well, you know, uh, Joe, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You know, we've had shows with insurance agencies before, insurance agents and attorneys and accountants, and they are always the most riveting shows we've ever done. You, you, we, we just <laughs> learned so much. No, we just learned so much. You know, it, there's right. so much information out there, and, you know, we're fortunate to have an hour to sit and talk with these very knowledgeable people about these important subjects. Um, and, 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 and we're only touching the surface, obviously, but right. just, just right. Li listening but to Adam and Mark and Michael, um, it's, as, as I said, it's just the tip of the iceberg. But if you right. want to know about this sort of stuff, obviously, you know, these are the guys to go to, you know, it, 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 it it's just it, it's so much information and uh, you know, you know, if you if you have the information, you you know that you're well armed for these event, you know, for these instances, not eventualities, <laughs> right? Very kind of you. And I would I would say on behalf of Beach Financial Group, nobody likes to hear ourselves talk more than the three of us. So I think it's one of those <laughs> things that we're always glad to talk and discuss things. We find ourselves fascinating, and we like to crack ourselves up. And, uh, yeah, we do try to keep it – I mean, it's a serious subject, 
Uh, and, right. you know, it's got, you know, the ramifications for not having insurance can be serious. And, you know, insurance is one of those things. In all the years I've been doing this and that Adam's been doing it and that Mark's been doing it, the one thing that we've always discussed about ourselves, we have never had anybody once in a claim say to us, man, I really wish I hadn't had that much insurance. I, I shouldn't have carried that. So it's one of those things. People complain, oh, I pay it and it's never going to pay out. Yep, it's a pain in the backside to have. I hate paying for insurance too. Nobody I ever talked to likes paying for insurance. But if you need it, you're going to thank. You're, you're going to want to be protected correctly and you're going to be thankful. And these insurance companies have all the money in the world. But if you ever have something catastrophic happen like your house burned down, I promise you, they're going to pay you more than you have ever paid them in premiums and that you will ever pay for the rest of your life, ever. Right. If your house right. burns right. down, they're going to rebuild your house, replace your personal property, put you up in temporary housing for the seven, eight, nine months it takes to rebuild your house. They're going to do all of that. You're talking about several million dollars for a house in Manhattan Beach for someone that, for an insurance company to do that. You're never going to pay them that much premium ever. And by the way, if you then turn around two years later and go with a different insurance company, they're going to carry you as a loss on their books forever. I'm not going to cry crocodile tears for the insurance company, but there's a pretty large amount of clients that insurance companies have that have gone to other insurance companies, their competitors, that is a loss for them and will be a loss right. forever. Right. The great mystery of the insurance industry. How do those guys make money? The law of large numbers. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. All right. And so, gentlemen, we need your contact information. How do people find the Beach Financial Group? <clears throat> so the best, best way to find us, um, our direct line telephone number is 310-414-2100. Um, you can also email us on our main email, which is info at beachfinancialgroup.com. And you can also find us on the, uh, on the internet at www.beachfinancialgroup.com. Excellent. Excellent. And thank you, well, thank you so uh, much for having us on the much. show today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jackie. <clears throat> Always a pleasure, Joe. Um, yeah, no, interesting conversation. Right, right. Any any notes, Jackie, for uh, the weekend, or are we good to go? We're good to go. Let the weekend begin. Let the weekend begin. And... Uh, have a great weekend. Bye-bye now. Bye.